0: Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and identity. I'm Jared Brummett, audio engineer and editor, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. In this episode, we're diving into the next installment of our study in Philippians. This is the second of a two-part episode entitled, Whatever Happens, Stand Firm. Rob delivered this message at Lane. Family Church in Dale City, Oklahoma. If you haven't listened to the first part of this two-part episode, we invite you to go back and listen to that episode first. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Now what does it mean to stand firm? Years and years ago, I had a hobby of growing roses. And I belonged to the uh, the Nashville Rose Society and the National Rose Society, and I had a beautiful rose garden. And then my wife became ill, and we moved to another house, and I just couldn't keep it up. Uh, But I still have two or three roses, you know, behind my house. Well, I have just ordered one, and I've got it out ready to plant as soon as I get back to Nashville, and it's called Peggy Martin. That's the name of this rose is Peggy Martin. And I want to tell you about it. My wife's name is Katrina. And in 2005, Hurricane Katrina ravaged New Orleans and many other places as well. And we made great fun of Katrina. We said, the hurricane was named for you. And she said, It's all right, my name has never so much been called in prayer as during this hurricane. But there was a lady named Peggy Martin who lived in New Orleans, and she had a fabulous garden of 450 prize winning roses. It was, I wish I could have seen it, it was fabulous. And the hurricane destroyed them all, and her rose garden was covered with 20 feet of contaminated water for two weeks. And when they finally excavated all of the mud in the ruins, everything was gone, except for one of her rose bushes that began to sprout out again. it began to thrive again. And this was a mysterious rose because nobody, it it was not named. It was an old, thornless garden rambler, a climber. But no one, the Rosarians had come from everywhere, but they couldn't identify it because it was so, but it just thrived. And so they named it in honor of her. It's the Peggy Martin Rose. But The nickname is the Katrina Rose, and I ordered it because I wanted the Katrina Rose to be planted in my garden to remind me of Katrina, who no matter the storms in life, she stood firm, and we're to be like that rose I mean, the hurricanes of opposition may come against us. The contamination of the world may threaten to undo us. We may be facing winds and waves and all kinds of difficulties. But if we are grounded and rooted in Christ and we stand firm, then we will be resilient. We will come back. So this is what it means to stand firm. The world can do its worst and we're going to re-sprout and flourish, and be fruitful again. Whatever happens, stand firm. Now, it goes on to say here, the next thing is that we've got to be striving together. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you, in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together. Striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Now, the word striving here, the Greek word is athlos, from which we get our word athlete. Paul is using here an athletic word, and he liked to do this. I mean, he talks about running the race. He talks about wrestling in prayer. There were a lot of sports in that time, Olympic-type sports. So, he is saying, whatever happens, just keep competing together, Striving together, wrestling together, and don't let, you know, have the endurance of an athlete. I watched the, most of the University of Tennessee game yesterday because, you know, I come from East Tennessee where the University of Tennessee is. And here I know you have, I'll not even, you know, there's all kinds of um, college allegiances here, I'm sure. Uh, but Tennessee never wins against Florida. But Yesterday, they almost had won when Florida rallied, but by mercy and grace, Tennessee ended up at the final moment with the victory. But that team worked together for the victory. Every winning football team works together and they persevere for the victory. And Paul is saying that's the way the church should be. Now, that takes just a lot of dedication. I want to give you a personal, I'm going to give you a personal illustration. I hesitate to do this, forgive me, but it illustrates what I want to say. Back several months ago, I woke up on a Saturday morning realizing that I was supposed to preach the next day, in South Georgia, which was about a seven-hour drive, and there had been no good way to get there by plane, and so I'd planned to drive. And I was as sick as I could be. I woke up, and I felt terrible. I thought, I cannot walk seven steps, let alone drive for seven hours. And I'd had COVID earlier and I still had that COVID fatigue, but you know, I tested and this wasn't COVID. It was just just something, but it, I felt terrible. And I tried to get some people to drive me and all of my normal drivers, you know, they couldn't do it. And I tried to figure out how do I cancel the speaking engagement? But I thought they had been depending on me for months. We've been planning towards it. And I decided I just had to go So, as best I could, I packed a little bag, I got in my truck, and I drove, started from my house, my house is near the interstate, got on the interstate, and drove to the first rest stop, and I stopped and fell asleep. And then I woke up and drove to the next rest stop, and I stopped and fell asleep. And then I drove to the next rest stop. And I stopped and took a nap. And by stopping at every rest stop and sleeping, I managed to get there on Saturday night. And the next morning, I sounded awful, but the Lord gave me strength and power in the message. So I got back to Nashville and I called Dr. David Jeremiah in San Diego and I was telling him about that story. And He looked over to his wife, Donna. He said, who does that? (laughs) Who does something like that? But then he answered his own question. He said, we all do. We have all done that. We all are still doing it. If we only ministered when we felt well, then we would never get anything done for the Lord. We just keep striving and persevering and going forward. And I learned a lot from that experience. Striving together like an athlete till the end of the game until we hit the tape and we've won the race and we've kept the faith. Striving together for the faith of the gospel, it says here. And that's exactly what we are going to do. Now, it says one other thing, too. It says, notice again in verse number um, 27, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. And some of the translations use the word intimidated. And I'm very worried today that there are many, many Christians who because of the political and social pressure are being intimidated when it comes to speaking out on issues that will articulate a biblical worldview. We're afraid that we'll come across as harsh, like some kind of fundamentalist that looks bad and ugly on television, or we're afraid that we will hurt people. And we've got to be careful about that because everything we say and do should be loving. But we're also sometimes afraid that we'll be hunted down and canceled or criticized or fired or ostracized because of our Christian beliefs. But Paul says here do not be intimidated, do not be frightened. Now, I never get involved in politics but I'm not afraid to deal with biblical issues even if they have political ramifications. And people need, those who don't know the Lord need, our secular society needs to hear the biblical worldview articulated. It's the only thing that will correct the course and give them hope. And so Paul says here, keep on striving as an athletic team without being intimidated by those who oppose you. And finally, he says, even if it involves suffering. Verse 29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you're going through the same struggle that you saw that I had and now hear that I have. Now, the word suffering is not a word that any of us like. We sort of cringe away from that word. No one wants to suffer. But no one gets through this life without suffering. And so, it's just going to happen, whether it's by persecution or by the vicissitudes of life or by the attacks of the devil. But there will be suffering there. But there is never a time when we cannot be victorious through the suffering because of the grace and the mercy and the power of Jesus Christ who also suffered and who carries us through it. I've been reading for my devotions in Deuteronomy. And I came to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31. And it says, as a father carries his child. So, I have carried you through the wilderness. And that verse really spoke to me. I thought back, I'm 70 years old now, and I thought back over all of my life, and the Lord has always carried me over the rough patches. And Isaiah says the same thing. There is a verse there about the Lord carries us through the difficulties of life. And I've been so intrigued with that image, And the other day, actually, earlier this week, I had lunch with a couple of believers uh, from the Gideons. And we met at a restaurant. And I was telling them about how much Deuteronomy 131 has meant to me, that the Lord carries us. And one of the people there says, yes, but there is something that we have to do. Now, I would never have thought of this there is something we have to do when God carries us. We have to hang on. Yes. Amen. We have to hang on. And I remember the times when, as a little boy, I'd go hiking with my dad and the territory was too steep and I couldn't do it, and it'd hoist me up and I had to hang on to his neck. He did the work, but I had to hang on to his neck and we hang on by faith, and he'll never, never drop us. And as we go through the suffering of this life, just remember it's the Lord who carries us through this wilderness as a father carries his child. So this is what Paul is saying in this little paragraph. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a way that is worthy of citizens of heaven who are representing the gospel, and that involves the striving together, it involves standing firm, it involves suffering, but we are following in the citizenship of the King who has called us to be a part of His divine nation scattered over this world and who's taking us on to heaven. I'll end with this. I read earlier this year the biography of Andrew Brunson. I don't know if you've read that. It's so wonderful. It's, it's one of the most gripping books I've read in a long time. Andrew Brunson, I've never met him, but we went to the same schools. He followed me, but I've… I was aware of his ministry in the nation of Turkey. He and his wife went there, and for many years, he was a pastor in Turkey. And then that wicked President Erdogan seized him and imprisoned him and his wife, and Andrew Brunson was in a Turkish prison, one or another of them, for 735 days. And he wrote about I mean, I couldn't put the book down. The psychological torture, the suffering, the fear, the anxiety that he had. He said, at times I thought I was going to go insane. He said, there were times when I thought I might lose my faith. He said, I was afraid I wouldn't hold out. He said, there were times when the fear was so great about what would happen to me or to my family that I just, it was all I could do to hang on to the Lord. Amen. But finally, the time came for his trial, and the judge, it was all in tremendous drama, and it was televised, and they were going to villainize him, condemn him to prison, President Trump. and. Senator Graham and Mike Pompeo and others were working very hard for his release and managed to achieve it at the end. But during that trial, the judge glowered down at Brunson and said, do you have anything to say for yourself? And he had been felt so weak, so intimidated. But God gave him grace, and this is what he said. He stood up and looked into the cameras and looked at that hostile audience around him, looked at his prosecutors, and said, Jesus told his disciples to go to all of the world and to proclaim the good news of salvation to everyone and to make disciples. This is why I came to Turkey to proclaim this. There is only one way to God, Jesus. There is only one way to have our sins forgiven, Jesus. There is only one way to gain eternal life, Jesus. There is only one Savior, Jesus. And I want this to echo throughout all of Turkey. And that was broadcast everywhere. It rang through Turkey, and that message is ringing through America because there are Christians who will not be intimidated because, after all, we have truth on our side, and we have Jesus by our side. And that message is going to echo through Oklahoma. It's going to echo through Oklahoma City it's going to echo through dell city it's going to echo through this church and we will not stop because our savior is unstoppable and his kingdom is eternal and how wonderful it is to be a citizen of heaven going through this earth standing firm and living a life that is worthy of the gospel Of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've never received Him as Savior, you're left out of all of this until you do. But you can find Him today as your Savior. If you have found yourself being intimidated by this world, well, we want to be gentle and loving. But this world needs to hear what the Bible has to say. And we cannot be silent. It may be you need to rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe you want to become a real part of this church and help this church in its ministries. But whatever happens, whatever happens, stand firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for digging into the riches of the Bible with me. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company Clearly Media. Audio editing is done by Jared Brummett. Print editing and blog posting by Sherry Anderson and Luke Tyler. And music by Jordan Davis and Elijah Rowe. Thank you for listening, everyone. And may God be with you until we meet again.